a man complained to God that despite his prayers, he had never won the lottery. And God reminded him that it would help if he bought a lottery ticket first. You know, for the past two weeks, there have been that euphoria about uh, the Megambilia draw, you know. And, uh, well, good luck to the guy who won single-handedly the uh, one billion plus, you know. But I think he, he won because he bought a ticket. I'm not going to win because I've never bought a ticket myself. But in today's gospel, we learn that we have already won a greatest prize. The prize that is unimaginable. Jesus says, your father is pleased to give you the kingdom. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven that no thief can reach, no moth can destroy. Unlike a lottery windfall, which data shows often can destroy the lives of the winners, God's gift of love and mercy only brings life to the full. The ticket we need is to persevere in the faith journey so as to take possession of this treasure. You know, as soon as uh, the Megamelia reward went beyond the one billion mark people were queuing long queues waiting long times just to buy a ticket which will be the probability of winning will be one in millions yet people had time they were patient they were waiting in queue and in the heart sun just in case they get a ticket that will be the winning ticket. So why are we spending all our resources and energy on things that will not last forever, but we have little or no time for the treasure that God is giving us, a treasure which can never be destroyed. Dearly beloved, the church is regarded as a pilgrim church. It's a people on a journey, but the final destination will come suddenly and unexpectedly. And so the Lord tells us in the gospel to be faithful. He tells us to be vigilant. He tells us to be prepared because we do not know the hour. St. Augustine says, live each day as if that is your last day on earth. That will be the guarantee that you are prepared when the Lord comes. Our first and second reading today present us with two classical examples of faith journeys in the Old Testament. The first one is about the journey of Abraham. God called Abraham, leave your father's country and your kinsmen and go to the land that I will show you. Come on, that is a fool's errand. 
Abraham did not know God. And somebody tells you, go to where I will show you. He did not know where he was going. But his faith in God moved him to launch out into an unknown and an unmarked territory while believing that he and his barren wife Sarah might have a child. He was willing to believe that eventually his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Then when he was put to the ultimate test by God, Abraham was willing to offer his son in sacrifice. Abraham was promised by God that his descendants would be numerous. Yet when the wife was introduced in the story, we're told the first woman to be pronounced barren. How could that be? And with their age, the clock was ticking. Yet they had trust in God. He believed. And eventually, when the promise was fulfilled, and Abraham had Isaac, the Lord called him Abraham. And Abraham said, ready. You can find that only in the Hebrew text. The English does not make that clear. The first time Abraham responded to God by saying, Ready, Lord. And the Lord said, If you are ready, take this final test. The child whom you have placed as a condition, sine qua non, for the fulfillment of my promise to you, go and sacrifice the child. That meant go and eliminate the child for my sake. And Abraham was going to do as the Lord had said. It is no more the promise. It is faithfulness to God. And that is why Abraham is regarded as the father of faith for all of us. Soren Kierkegaard has suggested that Abraham was able to become a sojourner at God's prompting because he left one thing behind and took one thing with him. Abraham left his earthly understanding behind and he took faith with him. Otherwise, he would never have gone forth. He trusted God more than his reasoning. And for that faith, he is revered as our father in faith. Beloved, what directs you in your faith journey? Because if the church is a pilgrim church, it means each member of the church is on a journey. And the journey is to a destination. That destination is real. But whether we're going to go there or not depends on whether we will listen to God or we will listen to some other voices. Abraham listened to God. Defying all the odds of logic and the philosophies of the time. What about us? Catholics are becoming pick and choose Catholics. 
and even at times the magisterium of the church the teaching authority of the church is thrown to the background looking at what social media is saying looking at what traditional media is saying looking at what print media is saying we are motivated we are directed by their thinking gone are the days where news were presenting what has happened now it comes with opinions and unfortunately, we are succumbing to that. And so we are directed by those things. Abraham left the wisdom, the reasoning, the logic of the time, which could have made no sense for him to leave his father's country. But he went with faith, according to Kierkegaard. And that faith is what we are called to emulate. Similarly, the first reading from the book of wisdom presents the exodus journey of God's chosen people. In the book of wisdom, the unknown writer in Alexandria was edifying the Jewish community in Egypt and encouraging them to persevere in their faith in spite of opposition and oppression. He refers to the pivotal exodus account in which God showed his mighty power to save his chosen ones from their cruel enemies as a way of encouraging his contemporaries to trust in the same God. For he will listen to their pleadings too. By their faithful remembrance of their traditions and by devotedly Celebrating the Passover year after year, the people of Israel were renewed in their dedication to God, to whom they owe their existence and survival. Each time we also come together to celebrate the Eucharist as a community of believers. We remember our story. We come to celebrate our exodus from death to life. We come to rejoice in the fact that Jesus has pioneered the way for all of us. Does the Eucharist bring about transformation and conventional experience in our lives? When we celebrate the Eucharist, our own Passover, are we encouraged in faith? To trust in the God who made it possible by sending his only son to suffer and to die for us. And if we do, what impact does it make on our spiritual journey? At the end of every mass, we are dismissed. The mass is ended. Go in the peace of Christ. Look at this. This is an imperative. It is not subjunctive. It is not the masses ended. Let us go in the peace of Christ. No. It is not subjunctive. It is imperative. Go. And we are sent out there to bring the love of Jesus Christ. To bring his mercy. To bring his compassion. To bring his, 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 his love 
to all other people. So as we leave the sanctuary, we diffuse the love of God into the world. That is our mission. And so if we are to be vigilant, if we are to wait for the Lord, to prepare for his coming, I think the best way is to take that command of our Lord very seriously. Bringing the love of God into our world today. Today we are encouraged to cultivate a faith like Abraham's and to live in preparedness for Jesus' return. Jesus urges us to trust in God rather than live in fear of what may or may not happen. What are your fears? Why are you worried in life? What is eating you up? Is it about your security? Is it about something somebody said to you or did to you? Is it about probably what somebody did when you were driving to church by cutting across in front of you? Is it because when you got into this church, somebody was sitting in your pew? Don't let these things eat you up. Life is too short. And if you allow these things to begin eating you out, you might not be ready for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord does not want to meet you in anger. The Lord does not want to come and meet you when your heart is broken and hurt. He wants you to rejoice. He wants you to have a heart warm and loving. That's what the Lord wants from you. Dearly beloved, the Lord invites us to be detached rather than to find fulfillment in security in earthly possessions and to provide for the poor. With two parables concerning the relationship between a master and his servants, Jesus underscores the readiness that should characterize all believers, including you including me like good stewards we are to care for those in our charge and not to neglect their needs let us not neglect the poor as an economic burden to be resolved by one governmental program or another we should treasure the poor as an opportunity for finding knowing and loving our Lord Jesus Christ. According to St. Teresa of Calcutta, the poor embody Christ, and in serving them, we serve the one for whom we wait, we serve the one for whom we watch, in whom we hope and trust. We are uncertain of when Jesus will return, but we are counseled to be watchful and to be prepared. Let us continue to see and serve Jesus in the poor and persecuted. We are to continue feeding Jesus in the hungry. We are to continue clothing Jesus in the naked. We are to continue healing Jesus in the sick. 
we are to continue protecting Jesus in the weak and vulnerable in society. And we are to welcome Jesus in the lost and the lonely. This is the authentic preparation that will help us to recognize him when he comes. The Lord says in Matthew 25, when he returns, the criteria for the judgment will be what you did for the least of my brothers. Those who were in need, you did unto me. And when you fail to tend to the needs of the brothers of Jesus, we fail to attend to him. Let us focus our resources, our energy, as we wait for the coming of our Lord to be mindful of the needs of others. It could be the time that we spend with them. It could even be the smile that we offer to somebody. It could be the warm welcome and the kind gesture we might offer to somebody. And Jesus says, blessed is that servant whom the master on arrival finds doing so. May the Holy Spirit help us to do that. Amen. Amen.